Power Project Familia, how is it going? Now, working with a lot of different clients and also talking to so many different coaches that have come onto this show, I've seen that and I understand that people have cravings. We all have cravings. And the crazy thing and the rough thing is that when you're dieting, you can't just eat as many donuts or eat all the cereal you want to eat. But that's why we have good, healthy treats. And our new sponsor, Magic Spoon, has amazing cereal. Now, number one, a lot of cereals have a lot of carbohydrates and a lot of sugar. Let me tell you the macros on this. Zero grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, 14 grams of protein per serving, and 140 calories per serving. Let's not neglect the fact that even though these macros might be good, a lot of times these healthy snacks taste like cardboard and crap. But when you eat Magic Spoon, when you take your first bite, you're going to be reminded of the childhood cereal that you used to eat. I'm serious, yes, bro. Yes, no, when I, I had know. that peanut butter, man, I was like, oh, my God, is this Reese's Pieces? Like, <laughs> I was like, damn, man, it's good. Yeah. So you guys need to check him out. Andrew, how can people learn more Absolutely. about it? Absolutely. And there's one more thing I wanted to add. So, like, my wife, she has a gluten intolerance. Uh, I believe she has celiac, celiac disease. So cereal in general is just sometimes it's hard to find. Most cereals are gluten-free, but like all the fun ones aren't. So another amazing thing about Magic Spoon is it is gluten-free. So if you do have a sensitive stomach, you have no issues here. So uh, head over to magicspoon.com slash powerproject. You guys will see the uh, variety pack. Um, that's really the best way to kind of dip your foot into this uh, bowl of cereal because you're going to be able to try different flavors and figure out which one you like the most. Um, so again, that's at magicspoon.com slash power project you'll receive five dollars off that variety pack links to them down in the description as well as the podcast show notes head over there right now <laughs> big will's a legend on this podcast big. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can just buy the nickname he has a huge dick because i don't know who this is no it's just big will harris well, i don't know i don't know if he, what he's you know i don't know what he's working with I'm not sure. oh i thought it was a dick yeah. thing yeah okay. it might be it's like i'm just i don't know he does have huge arms i i, I did meet him right yeah, at, at Golds. Okay, mm-hmm. wasn't sure. Oh yeah. Okay. So this wasn't a... the guy with like the shorts. No, no, no that was no, uh, that was Horsecock. Yeah, that's okay, Horsecock. That's a different guy. Okay. Martin's <laughs> never bad. met Horsecock, but well, he has a different guy's name, a different uh, friend. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Okay. Tell us about Mike Tyson. What was going on with him? Oh, Mike, what you were just telling us off air a bit. Yeah, I was just saying. Um, you're going to buy You asked, no, no. Oh, okay. You asked, have we ever paid anyone to join Cameo? And I said, no, we've never done that. But I think in 2020, a buddy of mine said, look, we can get Mike. If you sponsor his podcast, he's doing one with Eminem. And I was like, okay. I was so desperate. I mean, I really wanted Mike Tyson for years and years. It was like trying to get Mike, trying to get Mike. And I was like, hey, if I'm sponsoring a podcast and it's with Eminem and he's going to do Cameo, great. So I went to Vegas, met with Mike. And it was kind of a crazy day. You go see, I go see Mike at his house. Next thing I know, he takes me to a, a music show. I see Chris Angel. I meet Chris Angel. Then Chris Angel takes me to his studio. I meet with Flavor Flav. And I'm like, oh, oh what am I doing? I'm a guy from England, from Brighton. What is this? You know? And it was just a, just a wild journey that Cameo is. Like Even like right now, you want to hear a funny story? I'm like, I'm the biggest Game of Thrones fan. Like mm. for the, Building Cameo, I, my phone was always on. I was always on trying to get people on. Yeah. Game of Thrones was the only thing I would do. I'd get my phone and I'd turn upside down for that hour on a Sunday. Maisie Williams is staying at my house. <laughs> and if you want to know that, Aya Stark. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's at my house right now. Her and her boyfriend stayed at my house in LA. Oh, wow. And I'm like, this journey is so wild and mental. It's like kind of your stuff. You know, you're sitting there in Starbucks. And yeah. Your wife, lo- you know, lost her job and you're sitting there. I go, keep tearing my pecs. It's, it's. Right. And then a bunch of weird shit happens from that. Yeah, basically. So. How did how did Cameo get started? It's a 
it's an interesting idea. Like you came to me, like I don't know f- how many years ago, five years ago, early, yeah, four or five years. I thought you'd be the perfect guy, inspirational guy. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, he says, yeah, I, yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> but I did get a free hat. I did get a free hat. So yeah. <laughs> Here's some merch. <laughs> I did get a free hat. <laughs> Two hour drive from San Francisco, I think it was like there and back. And I was like, oh, I've got a hat. I remember, <laughs> I remember that you, uh, you like, you, I think you drove up from like San from um, LA, I think, on one of the days or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is a big deal. Cause like I already knew you a little bit through my brother. Yeah. And I think you and I, we hung out in Los Angeles a little bit. So I was acquainted with you and stuff. But when you said you were going to drive up, I was like, oh, this is like, this isn't like just like, hey, like I think you should be on this app. This is like a real meeting. Mm. And I took it seriously, but I was just like, I give so much stuff away for free at the time. I just didn't think it worked with what I was doing. But where did the idea stem from? Where did it come from? So um, in, what year was it? 2016, I became, I've been 2015, 2015, 2016, I became an NFL agent. Uh, and I met uh, a, a guy called Cassius Marsh. And my thing was, when I signed Cassius Marsh, I wanted to find a way to make him off the field money. Like, that was it. Like, I'm not CAA, I'm not WME, I'm not a big agency, and I needed to find a way to prove my value to kind of, you know, really make myself an asset to these players and go, look what I can do for you. Mm-hmm. So I could put Cassius, I put Cassius in a move. I could do things like that. It was September 11th, 2016. Um, Cassius Marsh was player of the game. It was Miami Dolphins against the Seattle, sea- uh, Seattle Seahawks, player of the game. And there's all these videos going like, like, if you didn't know him yesterday, you know him today. It was all these things. I'm like, how do you monetize that? How do you monetize that? Uh, especially with social media and all that. And, and that. Just uh, to be clear, too, like an NFL player, they can make good money, but unless they go through like, uh, unless they come out of college, like really, really drafted or drafted really well, they're not making like crazy money. Mm-hmm. And usually you make money when you're a free agent and you get signed a second time, right? Yeah, basically. And so... And, and, and the reality is like they have a short career. And not only that, professional athletes between the age of, I believe this is still correct, but professional athletes between, I can't speak English, between the age of t- uh, 20 and 30 make 90% of the lifetime income. Mm. So that's even scary. Oof. So, and I was just desperate and to make money off the field. <clears throat> a few months earlier, I had Cash just record a video message for a friend, congratulating him on the birth of Maverick. And my friend went nuts over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, uh, a month goes by off this game. I was with my partner, Stephen, and we decided to make that a business, the video shout out. And it's just been a wild journey. We have like over 50,000 people using it now. Uh, and like some of the people aren't using it now. It's like, oh, blow your mind. Uh, if, if you look at the Chelsea soccer team, they just won the Champions League. Most of the guys are on, like Jorginho, who uh, came third in the Ballon d'Or. He's on cameo. And it's just this wild journey, and it's, it's, it's been a blessed journey. I get to meet a lot of interesting people, but it's not without challenges. I mean, uh, about a few months ago, I was asked, oh, you had the dream job. You know, I got to meet, like, you know, I'm a big nerd, basically, so I love, you know, uh, Back to the Future. I got to meet Christopher Lloyd, Doc, Doc Brown, mm-hmm. and I did his intro, and he goes, great Scott, buddy! Like, I'm, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is so cool, right? But it was like, no, it was like, the next one, 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 the pressure... You know, when you start a business, you know, I remember selling my stuff just to pay the, just get pay the bills and you're sitting there going, what am I doing? And am I a dumb schmuck? I remember being in my brother's kitchen in 2018 crying, going, shit, I might have to go live with mum. And within a few years, it's all changed. And, you know, so I kind of, you know, I'm rambling here a little bit, but I guess what, what I'm trying to say is I think you've always got to be honest about the struggle of people because the success is not 
easy. And you've got to have a, a dedication, determination, and a drive every day to do something. And if you don't have that, you don't have that want and that, that clear North Star, what you're trying to achieve, I don't think uh, you know, you're lost. Who are some of the first biggest notable people that you guys were able to get on the app? Oh, I'm trying to think. Well, the, 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 most, the, the most notable was a guy called Cody Co. Uh, so there's three founders, Steve and Devin and I. And this was early on. And I didn't even know what influencer was. Like, I didn't even know what that word was. And it, yeah, so there's a... Now he's flying, by the way. He's got Island Boys and all kinds of stuff going <laughs> oh, on. Yeah, yeah, the Island Boys, they made a fortune. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fortune. good. And uh, they got Cody Co. He said, oh, you know, got on. And that's when we first saw all the bookings come. It was like... It might have been two dollars. It was like, I mean, you went, "Wow, this actually works." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that one, um, there's just well, notables. This is going, my my mind's like mush now with all the years. My I most, remember, I remember some of the actors were um, like child, you know, former childhood yeah. stars. I saw Frankie Moon is on there. I remember there was uh, some fitness influencer people like CT Fletcher mm-hmm. and people like that in the early. Pretty pretty early stages. The most what the most notable early one for me that I got on it was CT Fletcher. That was your brother. Mm-hmm. Your brother called me up and said Martin CT Fletcher wants to do cameo. He had a heart attack on I believe it was June sixteenth of that year, and um, was basically needed to find another revenue stream because he couldn't travel on the road and do other things. Yeah, and your brother said, "Look, cameo would be great for you." And at that time, we didn't even have an app. It was Telegram. And so oh. what happens is you get a request come in and you had to kind of like remember the request mm. and then read it. And it was a little, it was a little more of a lengthier process. And CT came on and like was in true CT flash and whoa, he was just like that energy, that positivity, that inspiration, mm-hmm. just such a great, uh, just a great human being. And he was just really, he was just turning them out, making, doing well with it. And then, um, and he would really rant for like two, three minutes on these things. He had to give it was all, but what was crazy about it, he would give all his all his energy to these cameos to individuals, and then January, I think it was January, he, he called me and says, "Martin, I have to come off cameo." I'm like, "Why?" He says, "I'm out of breath after each video because of his heart." He was looking for a, you know waiting for his heart transplant, and he just couldn't do it. And I said, like, "Look, CT," I said, "Why don't you raise your price so you don't do as many? And why don't you just like, you know, just don't do that? Like, don't be, hey, hey motherfucker, you know?" <laughs> and he says, "That's not who I am." Mm. And I just thought that was amazing. Like the guy was to be inspirational to people. That's how far he was going. I think people don't even understand that. So he's that was one of the most notable people for me, and I think he's a fantastic, fantastic person. How many like cameo, like real things have you have you sold, or I don't, I don't know what you call them, but like how many like orders do you think have happened over the years? Because one thing that I think is awesome is it, it is cool that. And we can get in like the fundraising and like how you pulled some of that off and how you're working on a lot of that stuff, maybe still today. But there is a lot of dollar signs involved, but there's a lot of orders. And within those orders, there's a lot of happiness. Like, mm-hmm. I think that maybe you, know, you buy someone a pair of jeans or something that's really cool. You buy someone a pair of headphones, maybe they wear them a lot. Um, but this is like a pretty memorable thing. Yeah. Sometimes fun or funny. Sometimes just something silly. You buy some someone at the office and it's their favorite saying or quote from a movie or something like that. But sometimes, uh, and I would imagine many times, this involves like children and maybe children that are dying from cancer and mm-hmm. all kinds of crazy stuff. So 
about how many orders uh, do you think have happened, have transpired since you started? And then what are some of the more Im- more impactful ones where, that you remembered where you're like, oh my God, I didn't even realize like I was getting into this part of it like that. I want to say there's been millions, but I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. There's been, there's been tons. Um, there's so many impactful stories that you've seen. And that's one of the things that drives me. Like the impact of some of these messages to a person is just unbelievable. It's like you have your favorite person talking to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really does uh, uh, melt your heart. I'm going to read you one. So I, I told you about Back to the Future. I'm a, so I like my life. Yeah, there's, the future. there's great foundations, you know, like Make-A-Wish Foundation. There's yeah. all kinds of things where people go visit kids in hospitals, and that's amazing. But not everyone always has the time to do all this thing. All those things. This gives people uh, just like a uh, a lot, an easy line to be able to get to and communicate with celebrities. Yeah, everybody, everybody values the time of a celebrity. They always go like, when they, when anybody meets a celebrity, they're always like, "Hey, thank you for your time." So they do appreciate it. But this review was sent to me. This was from Tom Wilson, who's better known as Biff from Back to the Future. And he was always like, he was tough to get. You know, he only joined this year. But he sent me, this is, he says, this is why I do Cameo. It says, my son, who is autistic and rarely smiles, it was a wonderful moment watching him view Tom Wilson wishing him a happy birthday. He smiled for the full three minutes. Trust me, this is more special than 100 Christmases rolled into one. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And there is so many videos, messages like this that I see. And it's like, wow. And, and it's like, not every celebrity is on camera. They're not. They've got something in their head. They've seen mm-hmm. some talent do something. They go, oh, that looks cheesy. I don't want to be that. Mm-hmm. But like, I see these things. And it's like, a lot of the people that join that don't want to do it, you show them that and go, I'm in. They don't need the money, but they see that and they go, I'm in. There's an emotional connection to like, okay, cool. I also don't think that people don't realize that Really, no one's going to see it or care. Like, it's yeah. going to be posted, obviously, on yeah. social media. It's probably the person's uh, right to do so once they make the order or whatever. It's probably part of the thing with Cameo. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, somebody who has 800 followers is going to post it. And it's probably not going to be that big of a deal. It's not going to no. not going to blow up and mess up your brand in any way. No, I don't think. no you're spot on. But they're getting the anxiety of a talent. You're dealing with people that, like, people don't really think about this, but, like, to me, actors are the most fucked up people in the headspace. They're too tall, too short, too fat, too thin, too good looking, all on all the same day. It's not only about their acting. So, like, they're constantly perceived, like, worrying about what people think about them. So, there's this, so, like, doing cameo, what, what do people think about me by doing this? There's such an, exi- an anxiety to it. Whereas, like, a sportsman who's making 20, 30 million dollars a year, they're, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Because they're only being judged by how they play. Yeah. So they don't really care. And it's just unbelievable. You start seeing all these things about these people that you meet. Um, I lost my point on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the brand part. Yeah. But the thing is, I, I always say to people, look, put effort into the video, have fun with it. That's it. You can't, like, if you're having fun with it and do a nice video, there's nothing bad about that. That was my concern for myself. I was like, I don't, I can't picture myself like uh, being that into recording them. And so because of that, I don't, maybe I wouldn't uh, give the energy that was necessary. I'm trying to, as I mentioned to you when you walked in, we were talking about for myself, it's like I have a certain amount of stuff on my plate. And if somebody puts something else there, I'm like, what's that? <laughs> I don't normally eat that. What is that? Like, I don't normally consume that. It's not normally part of my day. And I'll need like a lot of convincing and I'll have to figure it out. And ultimately, and you know this, mm. like it needs to be implanted into your head in a way that it becomes your own idea. Where it's like, oh yeah, that would be in my best interest. You're like, that's what I've been saying the whole time. Yeah, well, for me, it was just like you and your brother are such 
a great inspiration in the, in the muscle fitness community. And I just felt, wow. I think, I mean, I think you had such a great story. I've always said that I consider Mark like the richest man I know because you've taken a passion of powerlifting, which no one can make money out of. Like you didn't make money in powerlifting at all. And you've done pretty good for yourself. A like, thousand bucks and a bag of <laughs> one pound bag of M&Ms. Peanut M&Ms. Ooh. But like you took your passion, your love, and you, that's huge. Like your passion, like, and you made a business out of it. Like, wow. And you did it with your wife. It's just an incredible story. It's an incredible story. And I just find that such a, because I feel like this, I look at social media now, it's like private jets, this and that. And I'm like, oh, fuck off. You know? Yeah. And it drives me insane. Because at the end of the day, like, you, you're just a great family, man. And you were under pressure to provide. How was your private jet here today, sir? <laughs> it was a little bumpy. There was hope. No. <laughs> that was Delta, by the way, people. What gave you the? <laughs> I'm hoping I've come diamond status today. Honestly, I do. I think I might get diamond status today. What allowed you to have the uh, the skill set at the time to pull it off? Because you said you were an NFL agent. So were you like always in that type of business, or like how'd that work out? No. So originally, I was doing some film financing, producing. And then uh, that business would basically die, was dying on me. Like the way I could make money, it was just was. And also the other thing is whatever you made, you spent. So you weren't really growing. Um, and in the process of that, I met Lee Steinberg, who if people don't know that is, he's like the super agent. He now has Patrick Mahomes. But back in the 90s, he was basically Jerry Maguire, had uh, Troy Aikman and Steve Young, all the guys. Wow. And he thought I'd be a great agent. And so I, be, I went and took the test. Uh, the NFL test passed it. It was a very hard test, by the way. But I wanted to help uh, these athletes. I did. I wanted to sign them, help them not make the mistakes I've made in sports, really try to make them off the field money, try to put them in some movies, and try and create like a brand and a celebrity. So take a sportsman and make them a celebrity. Because I think that's where you can make money mm-hmm. after the career's over, if you become a personality and, 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 and that stuff. So I was in a transitional port. I didn't, at a time, I really didn't have a lot on my plate. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it might seem that way, but you're just basically trying to pull a rabbit out of the hat. You're just frantically trying to find how do I how do I make this work? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the best thing about fear and pressure, right? When you're under pressure to do something and the fear's on you, that's when you do your best stuff because that will drive you every day. Mm. But you just got to harness it, and that will drive you forward. It can cripple you, but it is such a great gift. It, re- I mean, honestly, like it, it killed me every day. Like the fear of shit, I might have to go live with my mum. I got a wife and two kids. They ain't the most exciting thing to say. Hey, mom, I might have to come back to England. And by the yeah. way, I'm the biggest. I've, I've wanted to come to America since before I, mean, before I could remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you're good to America, you know. <laughs> so I had that. I had that. And so the idea of losing America, go to England with my mom. She was like, Whoa. so, I mean, the thing is, I signed up about 5,000 celebrities. And I never cared about going up to anybody because like, to me, it was like, either I shoot my shot and I'm living with my mum. Mm-hmm. And that was fear and pressure. But now, you might be like, mm, I don't need a guy. I'll leave him be. I'll leave him alone, that guy. You yeah. know, it's different. <laughs> but it sucks when that, that little part is taken away, <laughs> yeah. is taken away from you. But I, I think you've uh, mentioned to me that you used to do like 100 text messages a day, like before like 1 p.m. or something like that. Because you were just, just firing off messages and calling people and to get, try to get them on Cameo, right? Yeah, but that number's a lot higher. Basically, what I learn about sales, that's what, you know, basically sales. Mm-hmm. It's all it is, is volume. That's all it is, is volume, volume, volume. So I used to get up, before 8 a.m., I would send out 200 messages. I was sending out 5,000 messages a week. 
Uh, that's God email, dang. text, DM, whatever. Um, and so, but what I, what I try to tell people, I said, like, you think about, I sent about a million messages in the four or five years, mm-hmm. but I signed up <laughs> five thousand people. So, what does that say to you? You fail a lot. People don't respond a lot. Yeah, a lot of people aren't interested. But you got to keep going forward. And um, you know, I think it's so important to keep talking about the failure part because even now to this day, I see people that work in sales, even at Cameo, and I'm like, how many messages you sent out today? Thirty. I'm like, they ain't going to get it done. It's just not going to get it done. And I think there's so many people that think they're doing a job, which they, they're not. And the only way, like, it's, it's, that's the thing that blows my mind. But then I realize it all goes back to the individual's want and desire to be great or successful or whatever it might be. Great's, mm-hmm. a, great's a tough word because great will fuck you up. I, think I, don't, great- I don't know if you watch the show Yellowstone, but this uh, woman in, on the show is uh, talking to uh, – John Dutton that owns the ranch and she was pleading her case on, on not getting kicked out. And she said, I always showed up early. I always did my job. And he kind of sat there and he looked at her and he's like, okay, you always did your job. And he's like, is that true? And he like looked at the other people and like, yeah, she always did her job. And he's like, you thought that was like working really hard. And she's like, yeah, he's like, that's the problem. That's why you're gone. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. Like, he's just like, okay, you only did your job. Like, but I'm, didn't you hire hire you to only do your job? I want you to do your job and then some. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I understand, but people just a lot of people don't have that unfortunately. But I also think a lot of people just don't have the hindsight of what they're of they don't understand the the journey of how to get there. Mm-hmm. And then also the other thing is people lack the confidence to do it. I think that's the other thing is they lack the confidence to do it. They lack they don't have a what what's your want every day? Like, you no, know, you want to be a powerlifting champion. It's a great thing. Every day you wake up, you just, it's easy. You're going to lift some weight. You're going to keep stacking away, eating more food. A lot of people don't even have that. And then they don't have the self-confidence to do it. And you've got to remember, Cameo, I went, I went off the talent. I didn't know, I didn't know these people. I was, I was, you know, okay, I had a little bit of a head start, I would say, than the average person because I'd done some movies. And, but reality, I'd have a Rolodex. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you're capable of great things, but you have to have that, Repeat myself here. That clear one. You, like, it, it seems that when you're with people, because I've met you once before, and you're a great conversationalist, it seems like you're great with people, and I would assume you like to be around people, but you're the head of the company. So you came out to meet with, can I say who you met with? Or Skip Bayless? Uh, yes, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you personally came out to meet with Skip Bayless. Um, do you... Do you want it to get to a point where you can just send somebody out to go, hey, go meet with this person, even if they're an A-list celebrity? Or is this something that you want to keep doing up until a certain point? I, um, no, look, I, everybody in the company should meet with, with whatever celebrities on, on the platform. It shouldn't just be me. That, that, that's not a great business if it's just you, right? Um, I do like connecting with people. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love building a relationship. I love also kind of like, changing how they think about cameo and, and from like a money a money to like a, a place where they can make money to like hey we make people happy that's very very important to me mm. because i find that like once they understand how much this video means to someone they really go above and beyond and then we see the impact from the fan of how much it means to them and I, that really is what touches me and makes me go wow this is something special here but when you go and talk about money or the, it just gets dirty it's kind of like hey you, it's just I, I, and so I, for me, it's very important to, to, to train people and make sure that they feel comfortable and also give them a face to the company. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't have to be me. It can be anybody. But then there's a trust. They know who they're talking to. They're not just texting some random. And you don't have to check with anybody. Yeah. 
Um, but I love, I, I, no, I love meeting people. Like I've got to meet so many, like I might, I don't know about you, might, you're probably similar. I slept with my older brother until I was about 10 years old. Cause I watched nightmare on Elm street. <laughs> All right. Then my I'm younger- terrified of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> fucking kidding me? And Absolutely. Then, yeah, Robert England. Then my younger brother got the promotion when my brother went left the house. So I slept with my younger brother till I was 13. I, I mean, I, I literally pissed the bed most nights, honestly, because of Nightmare on Elm Street. The worst horror movie ever. <laughs> no, it's terrifying. Just don't go to sleep. <laughs> You're like, fuck, and you try it for a couple days and you can't do it. And uh, this summer, I finally got to meet him. Somebody said, look, Take him for lunch. We'll, take, we'll set up a lunch. I don't know period. if I can meet that guy. <laughs> and it was awesome. Like I turned my head. I turned my head. I, used to, I was I was talking to someone over here, right? And he was sitting next to me. And then he put like all these like sp- like what I guess knives and forks and spoons in his hands. Uh-huh. And he goes, Martin. He goes, ah! and I was like, it was just that. That to me is just you know he screams in my face, and you know it's that. What to me is just like those are the moments in your life that you remember. Because I mean, I had this guy who terrified me for a good part of a decade, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I connect with people. Yeah, I love it. I, I do love it. How the hell are you staying on task? You're moving all over the place. You're flying in and out of places. You're meeting with high level people. And I'm sure you still have a lot of shit to do at the office and you have two kids at home, your husband. How are you able to stay on track with so many things going at once? What's that? <laughs> what makes you think I do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you just uh, yeah. When I'm his wife here to ask <laughs> that's, that, yeah. that's true. But also, Skip um, Bayless and a couple of other people on Cameo now um, seems like it's working. No, I, I think like the, the, the thing is like that work balance. I don't think that really existed. Um, you know, I, I I've missed so many teeth. I make a point that like I'd be gone on a plane. I'd be like, Sabrina, do not lose that tooth. Keep that tooth up there. Mm. And then I'm literally on the plane. My wife mm. would send me a picture of the tooth. I'm like, fuck, I'm not the tooth fairy. <laughs> Mm. You know what I mean? Like I just, that stuff breaks your heart. Like uh, the nativity play for Christmas. I haven't been to one. And mm. like, I, I've really, that's one I'd love to go to. The little Christmas thing, the excitement of their face, they're singing the little Christmas songs. Never been. I've seen the videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sucks. Um, it, 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 but I don't regret what I did because I did what I did for, for my family. Um, now I've been able to get some of my life back and, so, but you know, it's not, it's never easy, but what I've tried to do is if I had to go for a couple of weeks somewhere, I'd make a point of booking something like Disneyland or whatever it is. So I could build memories mm. so that, you know, I might've been gone, but when mm. I come back, we'll build on some memories, kids. We're going to do something special. Doesn't yeah. matter how tired I was, because I think back when you look at years, you look at those, like, like the vacations you took and stuff like that. So this year I really got to have an awesome time. Uh, April, I was able to take the kids to WrestleMania. Oh, nice. That was awesome. That was incredible. We did. We did, uh, we did a partnership with WWE, uh, so that was great. And then I then I took them to Disney World, and that's the stuff you remember. Let's try some of this mind bullet, huh? Did you oh, try it yet? Go. I haven't tried it. What's it going to yeah. do to me? Give it a little. Yeah. Give it a little shake. Okay, a little we'll shake. give it a little cheers. It down. Okay. All right, cheers. Kabing. Cheers. Kabing. Cheers. I'll finish my other half. There you go. All right, just down it. Mm-hmm. Just down it doesn't it. taste very good. Actually, it tastes pretty good. No, it tastes like grape juice. I love that they tell everybody Whoa. like halfway through. <laughs> Purple drink. Oh, oh you oh. should only had half. Oh well. <laughs> Wash yeah, that down. Yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm keeping it in there to see what the reaction. Like. Oh, oh, that, was that was on point. That was. That was really good. On point. I got to move the trash can. I don't want it that close to electronics. <laughs> it got blocked over there. Yeah, fucking. Um, you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned um, <laughs> actors. They're uh, too tall and too short and too fat and too skinny and too this and too that. 
and they ha- they feel that way. Do you feel that way? Because I, I kind of sense that in you with your urgency to like push this thing to the top, or at least maybe used to have maybe more of that uh, in you than you used to. I've also heard you many times before, even just in conversation and on podcasts, refer to yourself many times as a loser. Oh yeah, and I don't I don't <laughs> think, I don't think anybody would consider you uh, in that category. Oh uh, no, no, um, no, it's. Um, my, yeah, listen, I'm in the social job, right? So I'm always connected with people, talking to them. So, yeah, I do care what people think. Do they like me? Do they this? That's, you've got to let that go. You have to let that go. Mm-hmm. If you've got a good core, you've got a good heart, you've got good values. I mean, you were, uh, you were on the USC track team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like USC, any sports with USC is like, it's but, a big fucking deal. Like no, that's not, it's not a loser to be on the USC no, track team. It's, I think the thing is, is right, did I do... Did I achieve what I wanted to do, right? Mm. Did I go to the ah, Olympics? No. Potential. Did I, go, yeah, did, potential. I, did I reach my full potential? No. A lot of the time, it's just you. Is uh, that real, though, or is that you trying to be like a perfectionist? No, there was, you know, I mean, when I was, a, when I was like 14 years old, I came on, you know, I ran one south of England. Okay, I came second at the, for 200 meters in the, uh, for, nation, for England, but my time was one of the fastest times in the world for 200 meters at that age group. I never ran a 200 meters ever again. So I went from like, I had the Sussex record and I had this record and this and that, and I never ran it again. A lot of injuries? A lot of injuries, yeah. A lot of injuries. But, it, it, but also it's like your headspace is such a, it's such a vulnerable place. And I really highly recommend anybody to see a therapist. Like I really, I've started seeing a therapist. It's been amazing. A I sports could, therapist or no, I started any? I started ther- seeing a therapist. I kind of, honestly, it's, it's, a brain, it's a gym for your brain. It's just how you think differently. Mm-hmm. And those little differences, like it could be like 1% th- a thought process different. It can have such a huge impact on you. I mean, at 16 years old, believe it or not, this, this, where is the camera? Where's the good light? Where's the good light? Dude, actually, you know what? You can see it through the sweatshirt. I don't know why you're wearing a sweatshirt totally, right now. He's totally, yeah. He's fucking hiding I'm shit. Take, I'm going to take, take a look at this guy. Look at him. No. Yeah, yeah. When you Martin's did that, we see it. It's, um, I was taking, I took steroids at 16 and, and you know, and I, I struggled with, am I good? Am I great? Am I this? Am I, I think tracing that word great. I think growing up in our generation, it was like Michael Jordan, this and that, and you always mm. want to be the greatest. And if you weren't the greatest, you're a loser. And, and that really fucked me up because it was, what is great? What is this? And, and reality is being great is turning up every day and just getting 1% better. And that just compounds. Uh, do you think the steroids played into the... Oh, 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 shit. I felt, I felt it hit. You know, I could see it. It, 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 it was a hand. line drive, too. Man, didn't even, undefeated, don't Darn even try shit. it again. That's basically yeah. a dunk right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the steroids played a part in any of the injuries? Like maybe your body was trying to, I mean, there's speculation on that all the time that like a lot of times somebody only tears a pec or tricep when they're on stuff. It, it, it happens uh, often in the fitness space where, Somebody's claimed they're natural for a long time, then they tear their pec, and everyone's like, "See, he's on shit the whole yeah. time." I know. I think. I think if you're taking stuff, there's an intensity to your mindset, right? Yeah. I think that's what it is. I was like, I was intense. I wanted to be great. I wanted to be amazing. I wanted to be the best. I, I, I don't. I, again, it's like I'm sure you're both similar. You wake up, lift, run, lift. It was just I, I was. I needed to have the confidence to say that was a great workout. Done for the day, uh-huh. and I didn't do that. So I, I ran my body to the ground. But you just, you know, I didn't come from a family of athletes, so no one told me, like, don't do this, don't do that. Like, I was Rocky. Rocky's always running. So, you know, you just kind of had that mindset. I remember I had, like, these black uh, trousers, and I, I remember one day they were white with sweat, and I was like, oh, that's, that's dope. That's, that's, that's a good workout then. And that's dumb. 
You know, how are you meant to be powerful if you like literally run yourself to the ground like that? Yeah. That's interesting though. You say you came from a family of athletes. No, no, not athletes. Oh, you didn't come no, from a family. No, 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 that was the interesting part. You didn't come from a family of athletes. They ended up going to UFC for, or USC yep. for track. Yep. Um, a lot of people think that like to be able to do something like that, you need to come from like, you have to have great genetics or, you know, something like that. But you worked your way to that. No, I, I was fast from day one. You were fast from day like, one. Speed was always, I always had speed. I was always like the fastest. I, there's all these articles in England about no blocks, no this, no that. I think speed is different. I think it's kind of similar to power, maybe to a certain degree. You're either strong, oh, you're absolutely. not strong. Okay. Right. Maybe something uh, with your nervous system. Like, are you just, were you really fast out of the gate or just fast period? Just, or? just fast. Yeah. Um, and, but I, you know, it's, it's funny. Like I hate the sport now <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because you know, it's funny. I always want to go to the Olympics. Right. And I never did that. And there's guys that I beat as a teenager that went and it's like, so it's like you, I put I put so much time and effort to this thing, and that I never I wasn't even like a has been. That's the worst part. Like we've you know what I mean. Like it was like fuck, <laughs> you know. But then I realized something recently. It was like you know, and like I'm, oh, do you want I'm that guy. You know that guy that's like, hey, I used to be fast. Oh, there's that guy again. Like you know what I mean. <laughs> that that's that. You know, hey, I used to be really strong when you're out somewhere. I'm that guy now, unfortunately. And but the thing I, I used to bench four plates. And you're like, oh uh, god, here we go. Yeah, here we go again. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and I realized something though. Though it's the things that you do when people aren't watching. You're getting up and you're doing that. That work ethic doesn't leave you. That makes you great. When no one's cheering you, we're not going to pat on the back, and you're just keeping going. You just keep going. That that loss that stays with you. And if you can apply that to other things, wow, I think that's really powerful. But like, you've got to take the, you've got to try and find the positive out of all these things. What do you think was like the main thing when you saw a therapist and like at what age? I didn't see a therapist forever. Um, you know, in England, if you saw a therapist, what, you're a psycho, you know? That yeah, was 10, this- 10, 15 years ago, it was kind of this, yeah, yeah, kind of that way just about everywhere. Like that was uh, like, oh man, did you hear about, did you hear about Martin? Like he's going to see a shrink. Like oh, something mm-hmm. cracked. Something went, something went haywire. Oh, yeah, no. I, I, I try to recommend some people to do it. And uh, I only started going in around April. Um, one of our board members called, called me up in April and said, oh, Martin, you must be really proud you've got a billion-dollar company. And I went, I didn't care. Now, it wasn't, wasn't – it wasn't um, – yeah, it was, cool. it was like, cool, great work. But I just didn't care. And I thought, something's not right with me. So I thought, I better go see someone and get myself into a good headspace. And I just started just, I found the right guy that I kind of meshed with. I think that's important. Don't just go to somebody and like, you've got to find somebody that can really help you think differently. And I've, I've always struggled with trusting people. And uh, my dad was made bankrupt. This thing really likes to eat at me. You know, my dad was made bankrupt by his best friend. Yeah. And it used to really fuck with me because how would you do that to someone? Two kids. It's like me making you bankrupt. You've got to sell your house. Mm. Kids are out of school. No, no toys gone or you know like what the fuck who does that that's probably very confusing for you to hear that as a kid and maybe you didn't have all the details and no, stuff either right I didn't have yeah. all the details and you know I went you know this guy told my dad to invest in something and my dad basically went all in Oy. he went all in and some and the next day basically it went to zero and the guy went to me and I've always thought about it, like, oh my God, how, why did this guy make my dad bankrupt? Why did this guy make my dad bankrupt? Why did he do that? And I'm convinced that's why he died of cancer, you know, as well, later on. And then, he, then the guy goes, the therapist goes to him, your dad fucked himself. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you're going to put 10% in. You don't have to go all in. What an idiot. 
And I'm like, oh. And like this weight lifted my, like it lift, <laughs> this thing that had been eating for me right. for years. Like for years, yeah. this thing ate at me like that for yeah. years. And didn't recognize that your dad had a choice. Yeah, I never realized. And like I'm saying, like a one percent, just how you think differently. Uh-huh. And that's not even like that. That's so simple. But that yeah. wasn't my thought process. And there was a lot of things like that. And it's just like, you know, for example, I mentioned about like being socially accepted. Hey, was I good? But well, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Your dad, he did he have like a comeback story? Because from what I remember, you guys ended up yeah. uh, being pretty well off, right? That was my mum. Oh, it was your mother? Yeah, my mum. So uh, my mum, no education after 15. She's probably going to kill me if she sees this. <laughs> uh, no education after 15 uh, years old. She was from Iran, came to England, met my dad. And uh, when, when my dad went bankrupt, he basically couldn't get out of bed. He just couldn't get out of bed. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he was, he was done. And so uh, my mum was just so desperate to keep us in private education. She's like, because she, she didn't have education. Yeah. My mum's a beautiful woman, by the way. So, mum, thank you for that one. If you see, watch it. And she knock on people's doors selling uh, 9X, and then it became cable and wireless. So, selling direct TV, basically. Mm-hmm. And she used to say, Mark, walk up and down the houses. If they haven't got this white box, let me know. I'll go knock on the door and sell things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, She's like a hustler. Yeah. Yeah. God. And so, she would knock on people's doors, selling the cable, not for herself, for her kids, mm-hmm. to put them through school. Obviously, this created created drama. My dad was doing well in business, and now all of a sudden, he's got his wife knocking on doors. You know, he hated it. My dad hated it so so much to the point. My dad had a gold Rolex uh, watch. He took it off and threw it as hard as he could Mm. on the floor and broke it. And my mum was so devastated. Yeah, how many boxes that's going to take me to get? We could have sold that, you know. (laughs) And so she was pissed. And uh, but then she, my mum, was able to scram up some money and she bought a building. And my mum is a beautiful woman, and she was living in this, ho- like, uh, she was had an office in a homeless unit. By the way, in this building, people are getting stabbed, raped, drug overdose. And there's my mum there, just trying to basically provide for the, for the family. And mm-hmm. so um, I think it's also, uh, I think that was something that I saw early on about that work ethic of, of you know, uh, of just that commitment you need to have to do something. And it's not always glamorous. Yeah. It's probably something pretty powerful about having money and then having it be like scarce because the same thing happened in my household when my dad my dad lost his job with ibm you know some of our story um he was with them for 19 years and he got let go like right at the Mm -hmm. last like if he had one more year he would get a pension and all these other things would happen but um he cost them too much money at the time and they were downsizing and they could bring in three four other people for for a cheaper cost Mm -hmm. than what he cost and things like that is just that's just business you know and so i saw that as a young kid and my reaction to money was way different than my brothers they were um i guess they were a little bit more okay with like they they were maybe didn't learn how to manage their money the same way that i did because i saw that like this shit can be really scarce and you don't know when it's going to get taken away my dad though had the ability to shift gears without any uh I mean, he lost. We lost some money for a bit. Mm-hmm. We had to downsize and sell stuff and do things. Um, we kind of started in a trailer park. We ended up back in a trailer park, mm-hmm. but then we ended up doing well again in the end because my dad was just like, "I'll just all right. I can't work for IBM anymore. I'll just do taxes." Yeah. And then he started doing real estate and taxes, and he made up for the income that way. Yeah, but it's like you 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 do if you don't evolve, you die, right? So you have to adjust to that. But the story I love the most about when your father lost his job at IBM. He came home and goes, Chris, I got good news. You can get a USC now. You, what, I mean, you've got to tell the story better than yeah, I can. Yeah, I thought that sums up yeah, a father, 
I, and that's why I think sums up the Bell right. family. Yeah, because it's easier to get financial aid if you're not if you're making X amount of money, then you got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And so my dad was like, "Hey, now we get financial aid. This is going to work." Yeah. So I, I and then uh, you know Chris got to go USC film school. So that's uh, an amazing story. And it's sad. I mean, but it's I think again, it's like this year. Last year hasn't been easy. This year hasn't been easy. And I think it's listen to these stories. I mean, shit, these things happen even in a good economy or stuff's going well. There's not a pandemic. So it's just kind of, I don't know. The way it goes. The way it goes. I'm just curious, man. When you said that, like, when you, you found out you had a billion-dollar company, you didn't feel anything or didn't make a difference for you. Um, why is that? And then also, was there a certain point where, I guess, like, you never really stopped working, but the thought of like making more has that, do you still, are you still like on the grind of, I need to make more money or what is it now? Because it might not be money that's driving you because it seems that you, you probably have plenty. It's, it's focusing on, I, I've said this a few times now, it's focusing on the want. Like, what do I want? What's going to make me happy? What gets me excited? Uh-huh. And so I have a passion for the entertainment space. Uh, and I never really did it the way I wanted to do it when I first came out uh, of university and you know, that, and so I just started going, okay, let me start pursuing what I want. And, and that's pretty much so I, I'm uh, producing a travel show with the uh, Oliver and James Phelps, who are uh, better known as the Weasley twins from Harry Potter. Oh, shit. And so each episode, we've done, we filmed five episodes. Uh-huh. We had uh, Bonnie Wright, who's Ginny Weasley in Iceland. We had Ivana, uh, Luna Lovegood, uh, or sorry, Ivana Lynch in uh, Ireland. We had Sophie Skelton from Outlander in Poland. We had Luke Youngblood from Harry Potter in Dubai. We had Maisie Williams in St. Lucia. And we've got wow. one more guest coming up, but we had, no one knows that one yet, so I can't. But, and it's just like, it, you know, I guess it got me excited. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, like I see the, um, the fans on camera, how much they love Harry Potter. And I'm like, but these guys don't really have any content outside of what they did 10 years ago. So I was thrown into that. And then I got friendly with uh, Ric Flair. And I thought, you know what? I thought he'd be a good cartoon character. And I just, I'm convinced of it. And so I said, you know what? Do you want to do a comic book with me? So we're doing a comic, I'm doing a comic book with Ric Flair. And I really have, just have a passion for entertainment. So yeah. I want to take the celebrities that I've got to meet over this, this journey and now start trying to do things. Now, look, you're going to get things wrong and right. But I just kind of say, am I enjoying the process and, you know, and, 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 and doing things like that? So I think you'd have to have a movie that has all of them in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That might take a while. Yeah, but you know that's that, that's kind of it. You know, just you just try and do that, and uh, yeah, the hustle is different now. But then at the same time, is you're in a situation where you can hack a little bit now, if that makes sense. Where what was so hard for me then isn't as, as difficult for me to do now because yeah. I spent so many times connecting with people. I feel like I'm that guy. It's like oh, I know a guy. I know mm-hmm. a guy, you know, and so um, you're the guy that knows everybody now a, a little yeah. bit. So I, I find if I want to get hold of someone, it's easier. It's just kind of. Like again, my struggle with, sometimes with Cammy, like not everybody's on it. It's just they've just got some mental block of how they perceive it. And I just wish they would get over it and see, again, the emotional connection to the fan from receiving. Mm-hmm. My brother met you um, before your dad passed, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Your brother actually came to my house, met my dad, because your brother took me to my <clears throat> first ever movie set mm-hmm. on the set of uh, uh, The Rock, right? Yeah, with uh, movie was Foster. 
So my dad was like, he was so excited. Dad, my dad came and go, you're doing it, son. I said, what am I doing, dad? You're going to a movie set. I'm like, wow. I, you know, like, That's like, what my brother said. My brother is like, uh, he said your dad was so appreciative. He's like, he made it. He's on the set with The Rock. And he's like, we're yeah. not doing anything. We're just, uh, we're barely allowed to be there. <laughs> yeah, barely allowed to be there. But you know what the coolest thing is? The Rock came up to us and said, hey, guys, let's get a photo. I thought that was dope. Oh, he's extremely. Oh, yeah, I thought that was dope. He's extremely uh, kind. Yeah. Uh, today is the anniversary of my oldest brother's death, and I think that was a big uh, connection mm-hmm. uh, with you. Like when we first met you, you, you were still grieving your dad's loss and all that. I remember having great conversations with you in the car about your dad. So that has probably been a, uh, a driving force for you to. You have two, you have twin girls. Correct, I want to yeah. say two twin girls, but yeah, yeah. you have twin girls. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. Uh, from what I remember, one of them had a condition, right, when, mm-hmm. when they were real little? Yeah, you're right. Uh, this was 2014. Uh, this was a really challenging time. My kids were born in 2013. And, and when you have kids, it normally comes out of prosperity, right? You're having kids, things are going good. I had a good year in 2012. Well, this is, this is easy. <laughs> Making money is easy. You know, I've been with my wife since I was 16. Damn. And so, and then we, uh, you know, it's January. I'm feeling good about myself. I think I'm going to make a lot of money this year, you know. You know, if we have a baby, great. Yeah, I, you know, I guess uh, now I can say I'm an overachiever. That's why I had twins. But shit, that's shit expensive. <laughs> and the other thing is, and the other thing is, none of my deals came through. So nothing uh-huh. like all these deals that I thought were going to come, but they didn't. And so it was a really like challenge time, very scary, very like, oh my god, you know, like you're spending money that, that you made last year, but you not make. Uh, it was terrible for a scary time. Mm-hmm. My kids were premature. Um. It came in September, not October, and there was some com- obviously some complications with that. And you know, December, I thought, you know what, I'm going to fly back to England. I'm going to be with mom. I'm going to be with some family. We need some support because we have nobody in Los Angeles. So let's go back. And it, um, so we went back, and I was like, it was quite nice being at home. Like with, you know, the, after getting your ass kicked for a whole year, you're like, <laughs> and the babies are kicking your ass. And you're like, you know, have somebody to help out. And it was New Year's Day. Uh, this guy picked up my daughter. And coughed in her face. And I went nuts. I went nuts. And obviously, you're the crazy guy. You lose your temper, you're the bad guy. That's it. Right? Anyway, a few days later, Savannah, you know, was like, my chest was a bit bad and, and things like that. The doctor came over the house. I said, man, if, if, if she gets worse, take her to hospital. I said, okay. She actually, the next day, made a turn. Great. Then Sabrina. Hmm. She's gone very quiet. Hmm. She's gone very you know like her breathing her chest and she just was non-responsive like just not being not not you know we rush her to hospital and me being dumb they go in there they flush her nose out get some bogeys out you know like, oh, okay cool great we can go home no 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 they take her to a, a hospital room and they went um martin it's deadly uh this could be deadly with her it's bronchitis it's very common it's very very common it's not everyone like 97 percent of people get it but with yeah. her it was like just deadly because she was premature and her immune so, and it was just terrifying. And I remember being in this hospital room, and I've been always been very honest about it. Uh, my wife doesn't like me saying it, but it's true. I said, um, you know, I said I remember lying there when they said it could be deadly, thinking, "Fuck, I can't kill myself because I got another baby to look after." And I, because I've only had one, I'd have, and she died, I'd I'd been done. I know that. Like I, I felt it in that room. Yeah. And I remember being frustrated, being like, "Fuck, I've got fucking Savannah." It's like fuck. And there was another kid that came in. I think his name was Lucas. And they're like, look, we might have to send your kids to London. I said, why? 
Why are we going to send the kids to London? Like Brighton is 60 miles south. We don't have the right machines to look after them. I'm like, you fucking kidding me? Like Brighton's not like a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an affluent town. It's, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, what the heck? Anyway, so what do you do in, when you're desperate? You pray to God. Unfortunately, you always pray at the, the wrong times, right? And they were like, hey, thanks for this. Um, <laughs> and I go. He's like, fuck, it's you again. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's always bitching. <laughs> and I go, God, you know, like, look, I'll do a pact. I said, look, if you save Sabrina, I'll make sure we get these machines in every room in the hospital. And I was like, if, but if you don't, I'm just not going to be that motivated. Just heads up. <laughs> it was something along the lines of that. I'm not going to be a good guy. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. And so um, anyway, like, you know, Sabrina was up and down and, but she, she got through it obviously. And I remember the second, I, I didn't leave that bedroom. I did not leave that bedroom. Not once. And the other thing is I was so scared. I was kind of a little bit crippled. And then I realized someone made me say, Martin, talk to her, read her a book. Because your ears are still going. And I never thought of that. And so I started reading the books and talking to her and putting clothes next to her that she could smell, even though she wasn't necessarily present, that, you know, she could. And um, so anyway, she, when she turned around, I went, the second she got up, hey, mommy, you got to, I'm out. <laughs> went home and slept. And then I just did one, th- I just got on the phone. And I just started calling everyone, donate, donate, donate. It was a Vivo 50 ventilator. I called up everybody. I, I probably met you when I was four years old. Hey, do you remember me in the playground? <laughs> hey, look, you got to donate. Five bucks, good, there. Go find me, whatever the page was. I called up everybody. And I thought, I need to make an impact. I need to make an impact. I need to make an impact. How do I do this? At that time, I was doing a, a TV show, uh, producing a TV show with the creator of Baywatch, um, a guy called uh, Greg Bonan. So I called Greg. I said, Greg, can we do something? Can we put at the end of the, the credits, um, thank you to the Royal Alexander in Brighton for saving the life of Sabrina Blenka? He said, absolutely, Martin. Then I called up a buddy. They put it in the newspaper. Baywatch creator dedicates an episode to the hospital, as you can imagine. Then the news, then the TV shoot, TV cameras came around. They recorded it, and um, we raised all the money. Um, we got fifty. We got the Vivo fifty ventilator in every room in the hospital. Damn. Uh, I always get confused. We've won some awards, I, you know, national. I, I, I get. I have had emails. Oh, you won an award for this, or you won an award for that, and it's been very satisfying because kids have been coming out of record time. So that's been dope. Because mm-hmm. as a parent, the stress of you know, your kid being in hospital. So that's great to hear. But the thing that was like, like now was a light bulb moment is it's kind of like the power of celebrity. Like I signed up 5,000 people. And like you, the, the ability to do something great with that, not for any money gain, the monetary gain. Mm-hmm. There's a lot you can do to help people with that because the, the, the amount of influence they have, like Martin going, hey, it doesn't have the same impact, but the guy from Baywatch saying it is mm-hmm. in the newspaper. Then it was like made national news because it was interesting. Um, so I think losing my father and seeing that struggle and seeing, you know, that he was, my dad was tortured. I mean, there's no way about it. I mean, he was, he was tortured five years. What kind of cancer did he have? It was in his liver. Uh, and then it went to his like, I mean, it's just liver, but then it went to mm. when he had, he had a liver transplant, there was a lot of surgeries. First time it was he had a liver resection. I never knew this, but you could cut the liver up and it grows back. Right. I never knew that. Mm. So they cut out like three quarters of his liver. It grew back and he seemed to be doing good. And then it came back. He had a liver transplant. And then he had all these issues from radiation from years past because it dried up all the veins. So they had a lot of complications there. Then he has the liver transplant. Like, I'm good. Great. And then they find that he had uh, cancer in his, in his spine. Mm. And then he was terrified about, you know, his neck breaking yeah. and again being paralyzed. Yeah. 
And so every time there was a pain, it just, there was so many things. And, you know, um, it's the, like, uh, you get a couple good days going and you're like, oh, this is kind of promising. And then like, nope, he's, he has more, right? Yeah. That stuff's brutal. The best thing about cancer, the best thing about cancer is you get to say, I love you. And every day I was, you know, I'd love you, dad. And I'd massage his back. I mean, all the years of being a sportsman, I had people massage me. So I kind of had an idea what I was doing. So I'd massage his back, massage his feet, do all these things to try and make it feel better and take away that pain. And I remember one day I was lying in bed and I'm massaging his feet. His feet were really swollen. And I was massaging his feet. And he goes to me, son, this was like in December as well. He goes, son, um, I'm going to beat cancer for you because I know how much you love me. I said, dad, let's go to the toilet. You know, I just went in there and just fucking cried. I mean, I, I, I knew I, I could feel him dying, mm. you know? And um, so, but, so you, you go for these things and I'm not a person that will go like, fuck you, God, why did I do that? I look at it like, this happened for a reason and you've got to help people. And I haven't really found that, that thing yet with cancer or it might not even be cancer. It might be something else. But, because like you write a check to cancer research, but it's like, well, there's still cancer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I haven't found my, like the, buying the life-saving machines, that was a no-brainer in a way. Mm-hmm. You, you haven't got this machine? Okay, let's raise money. Um, but I always want to do something to honor my dad and you know people that have left us. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to do that. You know, the funny thing is people think that they can't eat steak when they're dieting. Andrew, what is the macros on the Piedmontese center cut ribeye? Yes, that's actually my favorite cut of steak right now from Piedmontese. Uh, for an entire 10 ounce cut, you're going to get five grams of fat, 65 grams of protein and zero carbs because we're just eating meat. And you would think that you could not have a ribeye steak and still be on a diet. But with Piedmontese, you can. Yeah. And the great thing is that, like we've talked about before, Piedmontese has a lot of different cuts. If you want fattier cuts of beef, Piedmontese have it. If you want leaner cuts because you're on lower fats, you can have steak. You don't have to eat chicken, a very weak bird, when <laughs> dieting. So, Andrew, please tell the people how to get some Piedmontese. Yes. You guys got to head over to Piedmontese.com. P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com. At checkout, enter promo code POWERPROJECT for 25% off your entire order. And if your order is $150 or more, you get free two-day shipping. Again, Piedmontese.com, promo code POWERPROJECT for 25% off. Links to them down in the YouTube description as well as the podcast show notes. Head over there right now. I think we're uh, just a few years away from cancer being not beaten completely, but a lot of the cancers that once killed people, I think, over the next five, ten years. They've been saying that for mm. like 30 years, but I think we're getting super close because they can diagnose stuff so much earlier now, which is uh, one of the biggest things. Got something over there, Andrew? You know you've been waiting to chime in. But oh, man, I'm, I'm, just, I'm over here. I'm hurting thinking about um, like what you're going through with your daughter. But like that's very inspirational, thinking like, hey, get me out of this. And I'm going to make sure no parent has to go through this again. Hmm. Um, I mean, I guess was it just in that moment or have you always had that like, uh, I guess, that big heart to think that way as opposed to someone else like, get me out of this and, you know, I'll stop cussing for a year. Something, something, something <laughs> stupid, you know, but you thought if I get through this, I'm going to give back bigger, better than anybody else ever has. Do you know, I was sitting here and you said that to me, I'm thinking, I don't know where I got that from. Honestly, I was thinking that way. And then the light bulb went off. My dad, my dad, when he was a kid, was very poor, very poor. You know, and there's a story about him playing cricket and he couldn't afford, you have to wear whites, right? Mm. And he couldn't afford to buy the whites. And he was going to pay for this big county team that he was going to go try out for whatever. And his grandmother stitched some stuff, but it was too baggy. And he looked like, looked like a poor kid, you mm-hmm. know? He hated it. He turned up. He was so embarrassed, he ran off. 
And so my dad always wanted to make sure we had the best, you say cleats over here, that's a weird word. Am I saying it right? I'm going to say boots, mm-hmm. but the best cleats yeah. and the best things because <laughs> he didn't want us to go through what he went through as a child. And so that, you know, if it's like, for example, he said to me, his dad would have in the fridge lemonade and he would, you know, mark off where the lemonade was finished, like where he'd put it back. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he hated that. And so like my dad was like, you want lemonade? My dad could be dying of thirst. Here's lemonade. So I think that's just from how I was raised by my father. Like he didn't want us to go through what the things that he went through. Mm. And I think that, you know, you don't realize it. You don't realize it until you, like, honestly, I didn't really clock it until then. Like I was, I was, I was like, well, I don't know why I think that way. So I guess it's just good parenting. Mm-hmm. Great I, parenting. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I don't, I don't mean a segue cause we, this was very deep conversation, but I was Media. wondering, mm-hmm. yeah. Apps like, you know, Instagram and TikTok, right? Um, what would stop an app from that, like, from adding something like Cameo to their app? Because you know how they're always copying other apps and what mm-hmm. they do. Like, Instagram's out here copying everything that TikTok does. Yeah. Could an app do something like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, anything's possible. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, they, it hasn't, it hasn't happened. I is there even another app that's similar? To be honest with you, the one thing I've learned is you just, because you put a little shiny button there, doesn't mean a talent's going to press it and do it. Oh, you're right. So I, I, you know, I think that the thing with a cameo, it's a brick by brick thing. You've got to sell each individual. So I think that's probably the reason. It, it's, it's, there's a complexity to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you're dealing it, with yeah. you know, difficult individuals. When it comes to the sales side of things, um, I'd like for you to share with, with people uh, – when somebody takes like you, you mentioned uh, the volume, mm-hmm. just like rifling f- through people, right? Um, I, I'm just in my head. I have an idea of what you're going to say, but I, I'm interested to see if you'll what route you'll go because I don't know what the answer is because I've never done what mm-hmm. you've done. Um, in your experience, <clears throat> the people who are like, "I get it," boom, they're in. Is that usually pretty smooth and the relationship is good? And do you find that the people that it's like you have these long conversations and it just is a lot of back and forth and it's just, it's not going quite the way that you thought once you do get them, does it not work the way that you thought kind of thing? Yeah. Sometimes you devote a lot of time into some, somebody to get on and you get excited about it. And for whatever reason that that just, it doesn't take off. And some of that could just be not enough eyeballs to see in their page, their price too high whatever it might be. And uh, that's is- been my experience too. It's like, it seems like whenever, whenever someone's a pain in the ass or yeah. uh, this is like a drug deal thing too. <laughs> they talk about that in drug dealing. Like once things go sideways, they're sideways and you shouldn't go back to it. No, but I think most of, uh, there's just so many different scenarios. I mean, some of the guys you speak to, you hit it off and listen, at the end of the day, a lot of it has, uh, it, it's, it's a tricky one. Like, the reality is, it's the service you provide. The relationships that I've developed are sometimes come from the guys who've done the best on Cameo, yeah. unfortunately. And the guys that have done okay with it, your relationship isn't as strong. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like, that. that's the only thing I can tell you in my head. Cause some yeah, because the, they, they're all in, they vibe with you well, the, the product vibes with them well, yeah. and it works for them. So they enjoy talking to you because they've had a very positive experience with the app. Um, there's been a few scenarios where I've spoken to some people and, I could sense they were beaten up and I could hear it in their voice and they were scared if they were going to be successful. Uh, one that comes to my mind, my mind is a guy called James Buckley. 
Uh, you wouldn't know who he was. Nobody, unless you've got some English fans, they, uh-huh. they wouldn't know who he was. He plays uh, Jay Cartwright from The Inbetweeners. Uh, the Inbetweeners is like the, probably one of the most successful comedies of all time in England. Mm. Had two hit movies, three TV shows, massive. And he's one of the most popular guys. And, you know, I guess he's kind of, his career kind of, you know, wasn't doing what he had done yeah. when, when he came on thing. And they did a reunion show in 2019 and he got a lot of negative press about it. Uh, like, because he wasn't this, like, you know, funny self or, you know, he's, which is harsh, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're getting judged by media because, you know, you weren't in a good headspace, but yet they just think you're an asshole, basically. And that's mm-hmm. not the case. And I could hear in his voice, that, like, the vulnerability, like, I've got two kids I'm looking after. I could hear, do people love me? Do people care about me? Like, I could sense this pain. Mm-hmm. So I would call this guy up all the time. And be like, dude. You made a grand this week. That's great. People love you. I would honestly do that. Man, you made 1500 this week. People love you. Like, and I'd make an effort like, how can I help you? Like, because I could feel his pain. And um, about maybe two months later, Lad Bible, you know, Lad Bible is like a big account. Mm -hmm. They go, James Buckley will call you a bus wanker for 41 pounds. Do you know what happened that weekend? He did $100,000. Yo, (laughs) damn. And the thing is, what was great, I was able to call him, people love you. He's like, I've got to go, Mike. I've got a bunch of cameos to do. Yeah. <laughs> and this person is completely transformed. I mean, it's unbelievable. And then he texts me. He's doing a play in London, 222 two, 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 in the uh, West End or East End. Uh, forgive me. I don't, West End. I'm, at, uh, it's like, I'm probably going to get tortured. Like, it's like Broadway, you know, so whatever. And uh, he, he texts me, says, are you by any chance coming back to England anytime soon? And I said, I might come back in January. He says, well, I'm doing this play and I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for you. And that really, I said, I'm 100% in then. Yeah. And so like, there's people like that that I've, I've felt. But I, I, honestly, Mark, the guys that do the best are the ones that have the better relationship, unfortunately. When you're in conversation with people, have you found it to be really tricky? Because I know for myself, uh, sometimes if I get invited to something, I might... I think they. I think sometimes people think they have a persuasive way to communicate, and they'll say, "Oh, uh, this person, this person, and this person are coming too." And I'm always thinking, like, I'm nothing like those fucking people. Like, I, I, I always just feel like because it's just like some, it's my mindset. I'm like, I'm on a different level than all those motherfuckers. I don't want to go to that. Mm-hmm. Do you find you run into that sometimes? I, I realize I don't like really going to those events. Right. I'd rather go for a dinner with somebody. And hang out and have banter that way. When I go to a party, I'm like, oh, fuck, there's too many people. Right, right. What do you do? Who are you? What do you drive? I mean, I, I'm I, talking a little bit more about selling someone on Cameo. Oh, selling someone so on Cameo. So if you're like, oh, Brad Pitt's on, you know, Brad Pitt's on the platform too. You should be on there too. Yeah, no, well. You have to probably be careful with the celebrity mindset. They might not want to be lumped in with. Yeah, that does happen. People, you know, well, I, you know, I don't want my picture next to this person's picture. I don't want this thing. That, it happens all the time. Again, it's like it's that, that branding issue, that brainwash of like, no, your brand, your brand, your brand. Mm. And it's like I do. I find talent so interesting. I mean, it's like, do you have a manager, an agent, nope. a publicist, a lawyer? Nope. They're already going to take twenty five percent of you know. Your, right, right. And I, I just don't. I mean, it, right. I, I yeah I. Um, Tricky, tricky, huh? Man, nothing's easy. But the thing is, you learn so much in the journey of doing this, which is amazing. Like, you get such an accelerated course in understanding the complexity of so many individuals. Like, it's so many, like, comedians. Like, those are, like, I, I find them really impressive. They're geniuses. I find them so impressive. Yeah. 
But then when I speak to them, they're all, they've all come from such abusive backgrounds. And they're not really happy people because they, but they try to make people laugh because they want people, they want to make light of stuff. And, and it's just like, I'm, I'm around. I saw you had Chris Gethard on there. Oh, I've, yeah. It, like his comedy is dark, mm-hmm. but that, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Cause it's all about like depression and the medication he's been taking. Like it's, it's, but he's a, he's a funny guy, but he comes from a dark past. Yeah. But it's, it's again, like those people are very difficult getting them and getting those guys on comedians on because of, they're always thinking about the negative parts of doing mm-hmm. some of this. It's, mm-hmm. uh, I think reality is just listen, hearing people's out on their concerns and then just basically, I'm a big believer in this. If someone's got a concern on camera, like, oh, you know, I remember I had, I had lunch with Billy Boyd. Uh, he's um, Pippin from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Okay, so oh. we had Elijah Wood on, we got Sean Astin on, we got Dom on, so we got the three hobbits. We, and and this, <laughs> this is the final hobbit, right? This is the final hobbit to get on. I'm so excited, right? <laughs> I've been, I've been, I've been. He's a I've huge been, Harry Potter fan. By I am. I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge, I love all that stuff. I love fantasy. I love escaping the real world. Um, and so, um, so, the de- so I'm meeting this guy for lunch. I'm meeting Billy for lunch. It was like a Wednesday. Uh-huh. On the Tuesday uh, in England, it went, it went viral. A woman, uh, I think it was maybe Carol Baskin, <laughs> shouted out somebody inappropriate, you know? Said the, you know, and it was everywhere, but people thought it was hilarious. They're like, oh my God, that's so funny. Um, and then I see Billy the next day for lunch. I said, Billy, how are you doing? What questions you got for me? He says, Martin, I know I said I going to come do cameo, but I've changed my mind because I saw this Carol Baskin video go viral and I don't want that to be me. And I said, I said, it won't be you. He said, what do you mean? Don't say the last name. He's like, oh. And that was it. And I saw, so I always think if someone's got a concern about something, Dismiss, dismiss it quickly yeah. because then it's like oh I'm worried about don't say the last name oh okay it changes the energy flow when they allow to think about why they don't want to do it that can take a lot of the headspace up mm-hmm. and then they're not going to do it mm-hmm. so what I've learned from the process of selling is dismiss things quickly like oh I don't want to be doing them in bed well you won't be doing them in bed then mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty simple but it's funny how people get caught up on how they've seen someone else's camera and they don't want to be like mm-hmm. that was that Carol Baskin from Tiger King? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. You'll find it. It was like, it went everywhere. I'm curious, man. Like, I know you've learned probably a, the most from infield work, talking to people, your work as an agent. Um, but are there any books or anything that you've read in the past that have been beneficial for sales, business, et cetera? Because people would probably want to know if there's anything that you think would be valuable there. I am the worst person to ask. I was going to say, read. like, I don't think he's a book. <laughs> I can, but I'm not sure. No, yeah. no, no, I didn't. No. I, I, I didn't. I didn't read. I think what you've, what I've, I think I, what I've done. I, this is probably the only thing I've done is I've pieced things together from from things like you see something like, that makes sense. Oh, and you just kind of hear things like with sales volume. Okay, that makes sense. And you just start applying it to. There was no book I read, unfortunately. Uh, I wish there was. I'm sure, uh, you know, I, I know I had a lot of books chucked at me early on. Read this, read this. But I was always like, that's an hour and a half to read. No, fuck that. I'm going to spend an hour and a half messaging people. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. going to spend an hour and a half trying to get in front of people. Um, Maybe you got to write one. Huh? Maybe you have mm-hmm. to write one. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have to write one. I'd read the shit out of that. That'd be <laughs> but again, I think it's, um, I think you have to be, an individual has to be quick to find the solution to their, to their problem or right, what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, and it's funny. In- recently, I've, I, I've 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 signed like I said. I make a point. I signed thousands of people, but there's not many people I can call and talk the shit with. You know, like when you're a kid, you can go, mm-hmm. "Hey, you," you know, 
I don't really have a lot of that. And I felt, you know, I said to my, I felt, I felt, like I said to my wife, I'm a little lonely. I know so many people, but I don't mm. really have, you know, I, yeah. I said that. It's a weird thing. You can't, it's hard to celebrate because if you do, it feels like bragging. Like, hey, I signed this guy, this guy, yeah. and this guy. We made this amount of money this month. I'm yeah. taking my kids over here. It's like, someone on the other line's like, this guy's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just trying to celebrate some victories I had this week. Yeah, but yeah, my, but my point was what I was trying to say about like the solution. So I, so I felt lonely. So I said to myself, you know what? You've got to make an effort to, to be friends with people. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I met this guy that I like. Got him on Cameo. So last year I met this guy, Charvo from System to Down, right? And he, he was not sure about whether he wanted to do it. We went for sushi, drank a load of sake, had a great, I mean, honestly, had such fun. Like, I think, like, I think you look at the intro video, you can see him a little intoxicated and it's like, I've, I've grabbed his phone, he's live now. Like, I recorded the, like, the one thing you need to do to be live is record an intro video. Uh-huh. And so, like, he was, now he's yeah. like, now he's live. But we had a, had a great time and, you know, I kind of was like, I like that guy, I want to hang out with him more. But you're doing business. You, know, so I wasn't trying to do, and then, you know, I went out for lunch with him a few weeks ago, had a great time with him again. And I said, you know what? I said to my wife, I said, I'm feeling lonely. I've got to make an effort. Hey, Charles, you know, should we go out with the wives for dinner? But if you don't make the effort to improve your situation, you can't improve it. Yeah. And it's simple. You, if someone's nice, make more of an effort. Being lonely, I think, is a choice. Yeah, but you're saying, but, it's, yeah. it, but you can complicate it. Right. You can be like, oh, I'm lonely. Or you make an effort. And you just text someone. It's simple. And other people, I think, maybe don't realize that you can be married and you can be lo- very lonely. Mm-hmm. You can be successful, married, and lonely. You can have kids, be married, be successful. It, yeah. it doesn't really matter. If you don't have people that you can really just talk very openly about, yeah. you know, too, and not yeah. always just talk business and, yeah. you know, be able to talk about more intimate things. And uh, it's it, it can be really challenging. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing I've learned from everything. It's just like, there's a simple answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the other thing that I think why I've been able to learn is I've heard story, people's stories like of them, their stories of their journey. Like, for example, John Lovitz, the comedian. You know, for 13 years, he didn't make it. He wanted to quit acting. And, you know, you hear these stories. And he told me, like, you know, he woke up one day, punched the pill. I don't want to quit because he wanted to quit. I don't want to quit. And he was listening to a, a, a pastor. I always feel I'm saying pastor, pastor on the, on the radio. And he goes, are you willing to do, well, you're willing to do what you've got to do to get what you want. And the guy, and it, but John says it in an accent, you know, are you, and, and he just said, I'm not working hard enough. So he started working harder. He started, he started creating characters. So he created like the liar character and another character acting, you know, he has. And then he was on Johnny Carson. And then next thing you know, he's got invited back again. Next thing you know, he's on SNL. But it's like that shift of like, can I be doing more? And it, well, that was, you know, and you, so you hear these stories from everybody I've spoken to. And it's just like, you can pick things from that. Mm-hmm. But that's just having a conversation with somebody that's been, well, for my, I'm lucky in my case, most people I was speaking to had success at some point in their career. So, yeah, early on, because uh, I know you had mentioned that you're sending out like 200 texts before like eight o'clock, and you're just we can tell that you're just a hustler. You're running all over the place. But what were some of the tactics that you might have used? I mean, you probably didn't even have tactics, right? You just did what the hell you were doing. But to get in front of some of these people, like, I mean, like I could even I could send everybody can send DMs to everybody these days. But the problem is everybody can send DMs to everybody these days. So how are you getting people's attention back then and I guess even now? So again, it was like when I was doing it, I was like, how do I stand? I wasn't verified. And, and we've had this from a lot of the salespeople like, oh, well, you're the co-founder of Cam. I said, it doesn't mean shit. 
I was a co-founder of a company that no one knew. Mm. <laughs> Wicked. <laughs> wow. And I wasn't verified, right? So I realized that, and I think this is probably the best advice because I get hit up all the time on my thing of people trying to sell me stuff. Yeah. And the funny thing, a lot of these people on these accounts, they don't have a good social profile. So you look at this message request, you click it and you go, the heck is this I'm looking at? It's like, you don't know what, who you're talking to. It looks bogus. So I think it was important to have a good social profile. Like the pictures you're posting, you know, you've got to have a good web. Somebody going, oh, I kind of, you can see who you're hanging out with, uh, what business you're doing. It kind of is like a highlight reel, then more necessary who you are as an individual. Um, so that when somebody looks at your page, they go, okay, cool. Then I looked at things, okay, how do I make my name stand out? Then I put it in block capital letters. I was like, okay, great. That stands out when, you know, pops a bit more. So I was trying to find ways, how do I pop more in the, in the DMs? Then I'd be like, my picture now is a picture of me and my kids. But back in the day, it was a picture of my face and then a color. Yeah. So a pop. It was mm-hmm. blue. Mm-hmm. The color of being verified. So I did all these little things, um, and that was it. And then, you know, what I would do if I sent out, well, I was doing it quite often. I sent out a load of messages. I would put a story up or something about Cameo or something that, I don't know, something that I would feel like would give you some type of more like, oh, this is actually a real person message me. But then what I would do, I was look at my, uh, who looks at the story. Oh, Mm. This person looked at it. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, so there was a lot of things I was doing there. Um, you know, I used to, I always used to say to people, follow me on Instagram. Hey, do you mind? I'm better on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. Now I actually am better on Instagram than I am anything else. And, and, and the reason why I did that is so when I messaged some celebrity, it would be, oh, followed mm-hmm. by, mm-hmm. I have a mutual friend. So then that popped up. So it was like all these little things that you do, they don't seem like a big deal, but it has a somewhat of an impact. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, and then the other thing was, because I was so, rep- I always followed up. I always followed up. I didn't just send one. I followed and followed and followed up, followed up. So I think there was a thing like, well, this guy really wants me. Mm-hmm. This guy really wants me on Cameo. He keeps hitting me up about it. Mm-hmm. So then there was like an intrigue. Okay. And I had no issues chucking my number down there because if they want to call me private, that's fine. And if somebody... So that was it. I had a really cool message recently talking about the DMs, right? This really made my day. So someone asked me at, at, uh, at my company, said, Mark, can you please message? Um, let me pull it up. Oh, this is it, Matt. This is cool. So I said, can you please message Max Major for me? I said, sure, no problem. So I messaged him and he texts me this back. He says, hey, brother, I'll check it out. This made me so excited. Because like that hustle, you know, like you want people to appreciate. He says, totally fucking random. But a few years ago, I sat behind you on a plane and you spent the whole flight messaging huge celebs trying to, uh, to, trying to onboard them and so, and then, I'm oh, sorry, I can't speak. Celebrities to onboard them and would celebrate the positive response of the dude in the row next to you. I love the hustle. Like this guy saw me just on a plane. Like mm-hmm. if I was on a plane, I was just messaging the whole time, mm-hmm. finding emails. But the thing is, if you're on the plane, oh, I could ramble about this. You're on, the thing about social media, you could then find who they're friends with, hit up those friends, they have an email, hit up that. There's IMDB Pro, hit up the agent, manager, publicist, lawyer. And you could quickly like blitz it. So uh, I'm curious about something. Uh, do, we have, do we have time still? Absolutely. We're good? Okay. I want to know this because um, on the internet these days, there's a lot of, uh, how long have you been with your wife? 20 years next year. 20 years. Damn. Wow. So how old are you? 35. 35. Well, yeah, so next year. I'll be 19 uh, years in a bit, but the 20 sounds more impressive. So almost two decades. <laughs> almost two decades with your wife. You guys have two kids. Um, on the internet these days, there's a lot of young men. There's a lot of like, uh, 
I guess there's these communities of relationships like Red Pill, all this type of shit, right? You've been with your wife for two years. You are a CEO of a company that's doing extremely well. Um, do you, how, how do you navigate that? Because like you're someone who probably a lot of, you probably get a lot of women that are coming your way, even though they know you're married, right? How do you deal with that being where you are currently? Being, so women coming after me. Yeah. Well, thank you. He thinks I'm handsome. Well, well no, <laughs> like not just that you like you, you are, you know, you're a good looking dude, it's but at the, the same time, you also are, are a wealthy individual. And it's the accent. Let's yeah. be real. Appreciate right. it. Guys. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna stay here, and this is good for my company. Because, no, no, um. <laughs> like, th- there's there's within that realm of this uh, this whole red pill community, they they say that men like yourself who are so high value that you should just be able to like, even if you're married, right? Um, it's not ideal to stay married or be married. Like, you should play out your options, right? Mm. What is your viewpoint on that? Actually, being someone within that tax bracket, success level, <laughs> no, etc. I just honestly, I'm not interested in any of that. I'll be honest, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Like my wife's been through this shit with me. She's been like, you know, those down moments, and mm-hmm. I have such an appreciation for my wife. But also, I've only been with my wife. Oh. I've been with my wife sixteen. Okay, so you got to realize that sex is a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. I've only been with my wife, so that is a mental. Does that make sense? I got you. Yeah, that makes sense. So, um, I, I, I think that's basically been it, and then also like. Can't really get away with anything. What am I doing? You know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make sense. And then also, I don't know if you know this, but divorce is expensive. <laughs> Extremely in your case. So like, I, so, so, so that, that in itself is Especially like. all the people that invested in the company would be like, fuck. Divorce is expensive. No, I just, it just, it, it's, um, yeah, I just, I don't thank good touch wood. I just don't have that. When I was a kid, I did have a lot of girls before I met my wife. I had a lot of girls, you know, ringing my doorbell and like chasing me around town and mm-hmm. you know, all these things. I never liked someone chasing after me. It just was the most turn off. So the second you go, hi, I'm interested. All the eyes do this. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, I'm serious. But like, that's my journey. So my journey's a little yeah, different. Yeah. If you were a guy that wasn't, didn't have that and a girl does that, you might really love that. For me, I didn't, I never had that. My wife, my wife, I found like Borat. Um, <laughs> She, she goes, she went to me, uh, I, I would message her, I'd text her like, hey, you want to go, like, she wouldn't message me for eight hours. I st- it took me a few years before I knew she knew, like, liked me. Damn. So I, she, she played hard with me. Like, she mm. knew, like, she really, like, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and obviously, as a younger man, yeah, in my early, like, yeah, probably like 19, 20, yeah, you, I was like, man, I wouldn't mind being a single guy. Uh, and I remember going to my wife, so I, like, I like to be a single guy, I want to just be young and you know and just have some fun and and uh she just burst into tears she'll be pissed off me if she hears this <laughs> i'm not i'm not playing aware of this one and so she burst into tears and cried and the thing is if you're in my circle i don't want you, i don't want to do that to you mm-hmm. i don't want to do that to you mm-hmm. like you know, I, i'm being selfish all right cool that i can you know so that was what it is but again my journey's been a little different yeah so i think if like again i wasn't i was never in search of that mm-hmm. that's interesting you had a conversation with her like that yeah I'm a very honest person. Yeah. I just think I, I, I can't be able to edit myself. And she was like, no, that ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, talk, no, she just started crying. Yeah. She was heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is, is who, if someone's never done anything bad to you and you break their heart. Right, right. Can you, sorry, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. So, but, I, you know, again, um, 
fucking tough thing to bring up because they might be like, well, <laughs> and kick your ass out the door. Yeah, so that's that's that. Um, but there's more to. I think there's. I think there's finding a good life partner is everything, right? But if it's not your path, that's not you. What you're interested in. You want to be a bachelor? Cool, have fun. Mm. Does she help? Uh, help uh make sense of stuff for you like where you're like like you're ch- you're chasing after these people to try to get them on cameo you're always talking about this you're talking about that and she's probably just boom she probably hits you with something and you're like fuck she's right god damn it she's she's, right al- she's always right she knows what i'm thinking before i'm thinking it she's um unfortunately she's been my therapist for so many years <laughs> the things that you can't say to somebody like you feel like like the dumbest little you go like for that support system um yeah but we've i mean she she knows exactly what I'm thinking. She's been supportive. Um, she's, I, but the thing is, there's also, there's been a confidence over there. Hey, Martin, you're going to do it. Mm. You're going to get the job done. Like, you're going to, she's never had that kind of doubt in me. So I guess that, 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 that confidence, that quiet confidence she had about me kind mm-hmm. of helped me. Um, yeah, she's, and the other thing that's really important to me is my, I've got two brothers and a sister. My Lucinda is the only person that knew my dad. That's so important to me. Like that is, she can tell stories to my to our mm-hmm. kids about our fa- about my father. That that is so gold. So yeah, that's huge. Um, what about like these NFTs and all this weirdness going on? Is that going to somehow connect to cameo type stuff, or they're not related? Or what no, do you think? we just did an NFT uh, drop with the Island Boys. I actually don't. It happened last week. I actually haven't followed up with it and see how it's how it's done. So I don't have any exciting information to give you. But yeah, I mean, look in the, in the world of celebrity and things that, with these NFTs things. But again, it's like there's so much still to learn about these NFTs. Mm-hmm. It's not just about like you know if you just drop something and you're a big celebrity. It's like it looks like a money grab. No one's interested in it. Flops. Right. So there's a, I think there's a lot to learn there. I don't. I personally don't get it. I get there's a social flex to it. Mm-hmm. I don't get it still. You know, it's like, uh, hey, you want to show you just spent a hundred grand? Wicked. There's a board eight. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it either. <laughs> but I don't have to get it. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Is there anything like a part of your day to day or part of, I don't know, being a CEO at Cameo that you actually don't like doing? Like, is there anything that you have to like, fuck, here we go again. And how do you get through it? So the, the, the other thing is, right. So my thing is I am not, everyone thinks I'm the CEO because obviously I started the business. Steven is the CEO. So that, that's fine. We start the business together. So there's a, everyone, I get this probably like 10 times a day. I'm like, oh, geez. Um, but no, w- uh, my, is, which, so you can repeat the question. I just want to correct. No, no, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Just asking, like, is there any part of your, your day-to-day stuff that you like? Because it seems like you enjoy everything you do. Uh, is there anything that you have to do that you don't like as far as, I don't know, your daily tasks where you're like, fuck, we got to take care of this I, fucking report or some shit No, like the, the thing that frustrates me is there's a lot of like sales guys at the company and you know, I spend a lot of time like really trying to motivate them and get them excited about like what they're doing and really get them pumped up. And the thing I learned that really is crushing. You can't, no, no matter how good you are, how great, whatever, you can't level somebody up if they don't want to be leveled up. And you're sometimes talking to like, I remember last week I was like, guys, this is like it's Thanksgiving week. And I've stopped doing the DMs and that stuff like that. But I said, like, you know what? I'm telling you guys to do volume, volume, volume. Fuck, I'm going to do it with you. I'm going to send a thousand messages out on Wednesday. I'm going to send out a thousand messages on Friday. And the guys just weren't, weren't with it. And it was like, what the heck? And it, again, it's like, I try to tell these guys all the time, like, but 
you know, if you want to, if you want a career in entertainment, Cameo is the best job you could have because you can connect with any celebrity. Mm-hmm. So you can build this amazing Rolodex. Uh, shit, if you want to get in the startup life and you know all the celebrities, like look at Jimmy Iovine, what he did with Beats by Dre. Mm-hmm. He went to all the celebrities, put them on all the celebrities' heads. I don't think Beats was better than Bose, but he sold for $3 billion, right? Because he's had the ability to put on every celebrity's head. And I'm like, I try to explain these to some individuals and they just don't get it. Now, I can't relate to that. And that's frustrating because you're trying to like, hey, use me, come on. That's really drained me. That has drained me a lot because it's like, it's frustrating because it's like, you're not taking advantage of this life. Like there's someone in hospital right now, someone who is begging for your opportunity and you're just going through the motions like the girl from Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just don't talk to people that don't sweat. You know, the people that aren't willing to put the work in, they're, they're, I don't want to say they're a waste of time, but they're a waste of time in terms of trying to get more out of them business-wise. They're not going to, they're just not going to do it. Not going to turn the corner. You got to hire the right people. And that's hard to do. It's really hard to do. And again, I think a lot of it goes down to confidence. People have lack of confidence themselves and there's all these things they don't know what they want. And it's just very frustrating because I feel like that's why you have seen so many problems in the world with anxiety and all these other things, because, you know, anxiety is looking at the past and the future, not living in the present. Like, oh, how, and it's like, but if you're like, love what you do and you have this, you probably never struggled with anxiety and depression, I don't think. Never. Because you've had a clear. Yeah. One. I'm always doing shit. Yeah. That's the thing that drains me, Andrew. That's the thing that drains mm-hmm. me. So do you know Stan Efforting? Yeah. The, the, the uh, yeah. The rhino. rhino. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> rhino. <laughs> so that's our rhino, but you know a different rhino or knew a different rhino, right? That's right. Mark Rhino Smith. Oh, What's his name? Mark Rhino Smith. Mark Rhino Smith. What's going on here? Does anybody know how to Google Mark Rhino Smith? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's Mark it Smith. He's a, he was a gladiator. He was a gladiator. Uh, the pro- but these aren't the pictures that we're talking about. <laughs> there he is. All right. Yeah. Wait, that's him? That's not him. <clears throat> I don't know, it says Mark Rhino that's, that's, Smith. That was my boy, yeah. Is this the same guy or not? I don't know. If no, this is the same. no, 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 that's not guy. the same guy. That wasn't the guy that's sitting down. No. Oh. What would that? What's that meme? If you know, you know. I don't know what it's called. So, uh, did you say that he knew that guy? You know the I guy. Thought, that I thought that the, he did know that guy. Okay, the guy with the giant. Oh, the, the, that. No, I didn't know that guy. Oh, we try to. We, shit. No, we try to get him on. We try to once we saw this thing go over. We wanted him on cameo. <laughs> I'm like, we're looking for this guy everywhere. Unfortunately, he's passed away. Yeah, the guy. He passed yeah, on. Passed He'd probably make a million bucks if he was around. Poor guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. So would people? <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking. Would people request? Well, gonna be proud about that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. So then, if that guy, the, the meme guy that we're talking about, would be on cameo, I'm sure people would want to pay to actually get somebody to. I mean, the the whole trick, right, is like you you uh, send somebody a link, and it's like, oh, here's this dude and his giant cock. <laughs> so I wonder if cameo would have been able to do something like that. With that, in, in my, I'm just uh, setting up the question. Does Cameo do anything like with NSFW? nudity or anything like that? No, 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 okay. no nudity. But he would have done well because that, <laughs> it, it's one of the, he's one of those guys that's so bad it's good. It's like, yeah. oh my God, that guy. And it's like, so he would have right. been huge. He would have made, <laughs> he would have made a fortune. He would have made a fortune. Who's uh, some people that you haven't got oh. that you're still working on? There's loads of people like Hulk Hogan. Hmm. Hulk Hogan, like I've, you know, the, I've had a journey with wrestlers. So when we start the business, have you another, met him? Have you met Hulk yeah, Hogan? Yeah, I've met Hulk. I've, I've got my little stories. So like, <laughs> like in in, uh, you know, when we start the business, there was another company called Sleb VM, and they had a lot of the old wrestlers like 
um, you know, just a lot of those old school wrestlers that we grew up watching the, mm-hmm. from the WWF, not WWE mm-hmm. years. And I remember in 2018, you know, basically getting laughed at in the wrestle, uh, re- going to WrestleCon, trying to talk to all these guys and show them cameo. But through the years, I've been able to go sign up pretty much all the all the wrestlers, and uh, you know, everyone's you know some have been easy and some are hard. It is just what the process is. And this year, I got to meet Hulk Hogan. I was like, oh my God, Hulk Hogan. Like, yeah, I was so pumped. I go back to being four years old and I was going to, you could wear your own clothes to school day. And I had, I had a Hulk Hogan t-shirt. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be the coolest kid in class. You know, I'm like, brother. And I was so pumped up. And my grandma bought me like a polo top. It wasn't even a polo top. It had a camel on it. Okay. It was like, was it at least be a, was it? Oh, it's a camel. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's great. And my mum made me wear that. And I was so devastated by that. You know, when he lost the rest, like Ultimate Warrior. Oh my God, heartbroken. Oh yeah. Mm, WrestleMania. Like, heartbroken, right? So I see him. I go to his, I go to, in Tampa, he's got his place, Hogan Beach Shop. I go in, I'm so pumped up. Oh yeah. I meet him. I mean, I'm actually, I'm so excited, you know? And he gave me a wrestling name. Movie star Martin. I was like, oh my God, that's the best Oh, name. nice. I was like, that is the best name. Eminem. I was like, oh, dude, I love you. Yeah. You know, I was like this. So I, we, I talked to him about it. He said, okay, cool, I'll do it. He says, come back tomorrow. We'll do the intro video. To be live, you have to record an intro video. And again, Hulk Hogan, what he did for wrestling, his personality, he gets, he gets in front of this camera. It's completely different. Like, him, it is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And he gets out there, hey, Hulk Hogan, It's the... Best intro video I've ever seen that never went. Never went. And like that evening, I get a phone call from his lawyer. Yeah, we want, you know, it just, it just changed. Mm. The lawyer got involved. When you get representation, get involved, things get different. Mm. You're worth more than that. Mm. Yeah. And so, and, and, you know, but Hulk was great. It was really nice. And um, that, honestly, on Sunday, it was kind of real. Again, I go back to my weird moments. And on a Sunday, it was a Super Bowl. I didn't go to the game. I went to Hogan's restaurant and I watched the football with Ric Flair and, and Hulk Hogan. So it was a very interesting. I never thought in my life I'd be watching a Super Bowl with Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair and be like, woo, brother, woo, brother. But I didn't know what to do. I'm like, what? You know? And it was, but it was a really cool experience. And like that, I would love to get Hulk Hogan. Um, he was one of my childhood heroes. Yeah. And there's a, there's a few of those type people, but again, people have whatever reason in their heads and mm-hmm. you got to respect that. How do you handle nose? Nose, mm-hmm. I cry. <laughs> no. uh, nose is more frustrating because it doesn't make sense to me. Like, because there's, everybody can use this. And what I mean by that is like, if I went to anybody on the street, I said, for certain talent, this definitely applies. Three minutes a day, seven days a week, you make a hundred grand a year. Damn. Why would you say no? So to do a hundred grand a year, it's $300 a day. So three minutes a day, because you might read about Crest and, you know, like a lot of people can do that. Mm-hmm. And yet they've got some block and it's frustrating, but then it's like, hey, okay, you don't need the money. Cool. I get it. But then look at this and this and this. Okay. You, you don't care about the fans. Okay, cool. Do you want to do, you want to do it for charity or <sighs> to me, everyone can use this. Mm-hmm. There's no reason not to. Uh, but then I'm, uh, you know, again, people see it as dumb. They see the bad stuff. They don't see the good stuff. A lot of people put so much weight into all the bad things just saying, screw it. Do you know what the, do you know what the unbelievable thing is, right? My, I tell you the, one, the line that's worked for sales, and we've seen it everywhere. Give it a try. <laughs> I said, give it a try. If you don't like it, delete it. I mean, that line, honestly, is the reason why I signed up most people. Mm. I said, just give it a try. 
you don't like it, delete after a week. The company is worth like a billion dollars at this point. Yeah, and it's like people don't understand, like, that's because the fans want this. Mm. So it's like, you understand that, and, and there's a great line that Elvis had, take care of your fans and they're sure as heck take care of you. Mm. And so like, and the other thing is, you're not even charging the fan. Like over 90% is a gift. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, Mark, you're going to buy a cameo f- from me for your brother. Right. That's just what it is. But then Chris gets the best gift from, well, he wouldn't, he would hate my cameo, but still, he'd get the best gift from me, right? And be like, oh my God, that's amazing. That's amazing. You got, and then you'll become a fan of me because you just bought the best gift for your friend. So now what you're doing is creating super fans who, guess what, are buying your book, buying your merch, buying, because they have a connection to you. Mm. You know, you look at social media, when you comment on someone's comment, Mm-hmm. or you like their profile or you like one of their pictures or you respond to a DM you just created a super fan and we're that on steroids and if you think about um, the, all the time that we do spend on social media uh, for most people or for a lot of people are not making any money off of social media yeah. so you're just putting time into something slightly different that has at least some potential to make money what is um, what is like a mid-range amount of money that somebody you know, there's all these like ads that say, you know, make five grand from sitting at home or yeah. like, you know, there's all these uh, bots on the internet that, that sell you on these things. But like, is it like someone that has maybe a hundred thousand followers or, you know, a, a modest amount of followers, but maybe not big time celebrity, maybe they're not an actor, maybe not on TV all the time. Like what? You, you do get some, you get some interesting ones. You get some influence out there that they haven't got a huge following, but the people that they have and the things that they do, they're a personality. It just works and they just mm-hmm. take off and they price themselves low. Um, some people don't have that. Some mm-hmm. people it's like, you know what? I just like to look at your stuff. I have no interest in getting a cameo. That does it. That does it, that happen. Um, again, a lo- with cameo, it really, again, it's like anything in life. It comes down to the individual, how much they want to hustle it. And it's like the three P's I say price. You can price yourself out of it. Literally 50 bucks, you can price yourself out of it. 20 bucks, you can price yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. So if you've got an ego, like I want to be the same price as this person, well, that can be done. And again, why do you care about what other people are charging? Focus on yourself. But everyone in the entertainment space tends to focus on other people. Yeah. Um, and then uh, promotion. Hey, you're on Mark Bell's podcast. Hey, shout out your cameo page. Or you're in the radio, your newspaper hustle it you know tweet mm-hmm. it out there instagram stories and then the final thing is doing good video if you, our best talent isn't our most famous talent it's the guys that put the most effort in it they create the wow for the fan so like if you're a hall of famer do it by your bust if you've got a super bowl ring boom put it out there if you've got um your movie posters or use the catchphrase from your your thing like i'm using tom wilson again butthead or Wayne Knight, you know, from Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. He goes like, you know, he goes, hello, Jerry. He'll go, hello, Mark. And so mm-hmm. every, so he's given that, yeah. he's taken the show, or, or the people from Harry Potter, see you at Hogwarts. They're taking and bringing that movie or TV show live to the fan, which I think is awesome. But again, if you don't do those things, it ain't going to work. For some people, it might sound a little silly, but if you think about it, uh, many entertainers go around the world and do this anyway. Um, people that are musicians, musicians go and they play the same music all the time. You know, I'm going to Metallica like next weekend and, you know, they're going to play like some of their most famous songs and they've been doing, they're celebrating their 40th year. Hmm. They're going to do some of their most famous songs there. And then 
uh, when it comes to like comedians or it comes to public speakers. If you see a great public speaker, like a really high level public speaker, they go around the world or at least around the country and they say the same shit over mm-hmm. and over again. They even have kind of their catchphrases a little bit like mm-hmm. a professional wrestler. I mean, how long you know, did The Rock have all those sayings? And the, you, know, you prepare for those and you get the whole entire audience keeps saying what because of Kurt Angle or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Stone Cold or, or whatever, whatever it might Jabroni. be. <laughs> there's people that are kind of already doing some of those things. And if you can figure out a slightly different way to monetize it, it ends up uh, working out well for a lot of different people. No, it, it's, everybody loves it. And that's the thing. Again, but you got to, it's the complexity of an individual's mind. That's the thing that's really. What does uh, Baba Booey make, the guy that's on Stern? He's like, <laughs> uh, oh, he, I, he crushes it, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I they mean, talk it, about it on Stern all I, the time. Yeah, they, they do. I don't actually know, but I, I believe, I think even Stern said he bought a truck. Yeah. He, no, they make a lot of money, but oh my God, Howard Stern. <laughs> He says something. It's like he said. If he, people went to me, oh, high pitch Eric. No, <laughs> is on there too. But it's crazy. It's like people go to like, uh, oh, I don't want to be on Howard Stern, like making fun of me, right? And I went to. Do you know the crazy thing is, you actually want Howard Stern to say your name because your bookings go through the roof. Yeah, he makes fun of it, a cameo all the time. Yeah. He like talks about it. He thinks it's dumb and stuff. And yeah, but the thing is, what the people don't realize, if he says your name, yeah, it doesn't matter. Jackpot. Ching, 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 ching. <laughs> so like, in my thing is like so. Again, but think about it. It's ego. Yeah. So something that no one's going to remember. In England, we used to call it fish and chip newspaper, right? <laughs> It'd be forgotten. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's forgotten about. Yeah. And you could probably make, I don't know, six figures from that because he shouted your name out, but, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> For 15 seconds, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, but then again, it's different, right? Your dad's, my dad went bankrupt. So I have, a, a, I have an appreciation for money as a security thing. And I don't think disres- don't disrespect money. Listen, you're always going to get laughed at by someone. Someone's always going to criticize you. Mm-hmm. you know? Like the thing is, I was looking at them, I always get like, going back earlier, going like, I'm so worried about people think about me. I'm like, you watch like, uh, you know, Tom Brady getting criticized. He's too old, this and that. And then all these people. And he's like some of the greatest people of all time. Like I'm watching Man United and they're talking about how old Ronaldo is. And he's scoring every game. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't help it. And I think that's where you've got to have a good self-confidence have a good core. We don't, listen, that's something you have to train for. It's not going to come. What do you want for your girls? What do I want for my girls? Um, you what know, do you I want, want them to take, to take from their dad? I want them to do the things that they're passionate about. I think that's really important to me. It's, like, it's not always about the money. Uh, it's about doing what you're passionate about. Like uh, Sabrina wants to do fashion. She wants to be a fashion designer. Great, go for it. Like, it doesn't matter if it's... Is that the one that wears the same clothes every day? Oh, she wears one outfit every day. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. She's going to have to work on that. I right? know, but it's like, I love that Jim Carrey, that Jim Carrey line, and I'm probably going to butcher it. But it was like, he said, Jim Carrey said, my father gave me the greatest lesson in life. Uh, my father failed at something he hated. So mm. I'd rather fail at something I love. And I'd rather, like, my kids have that. I just want them to have a, a real clear determination of what they want. It doesn't have to be what everybody else wants. It, I just want them to find what makes their heart pound in the morning and go, I'm going to go get that. That's it. And then hopefully marry well because, you know, I've got two little girls. So I'm, you know, there's going to be a lot of interrogating process of guys. Like, What's your agenda with my daughter today? Does <laughs> mm. your wife uh, yell at you about your phone? You being on your phone? She's, no, she's good with that. She's actually very, she's very good with that. She hasn't thrown it in the garbage yet. Oh, my wife has the patience of a saint. Honestly, I mean, no, no joke. <laughs> I mean, awesome. she really does. Yeah, uh, I've never met her. No, yeah. I'd love to meet her sometime. Yeah, it's a shame that. That she's got a patience of a saint. Uh, like, it's, it's kind of a crazy thing. Hey, Lou, I've got to go to London next week. 
Okay. <laughs> Imagine if, like, my wife came, I'm going to go to London next week. Where are you going, woman? <laughs> yeah, you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. what am I going to do with the kids? <laughs> <laughs> am I going to, who's feeding me? <laughs> Where do they go to school? <laughs> uh, my kids? No, you know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, your yeah, wife leaves and you're, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. trying to figure out what to do with I was just thinking kids. about, I'm not going to say where that school they go. So that might be a security breach. My wife would definitely <laughs> security breach i don't know i don't i love it that's funny Can, so do celebrities come to cameo or do you have to attract all of them like how does that work like i guess yeah can anybody just sign up so there is an enrollment so people can like hey go go to the website and ask to like say that the talent like i've got this many followers and then there's a code that talent need to join so there's that but a lot of it is obviously us reaching out we mm-hmm. do get enrollments through a lot of that enrollments was is mainly tiktok we occasionally get like a big one that'll pop through. Mm. Like uh, a few years ago, Christmas Eve, Sean Aston came through that channel, mm. which was awesome because Sean Aston, people don't know, that's Rudy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I think Sam, I think it's Sam from The Goonies or Mike from The Goonies. Mm-hmm. Stranger Things. He's Samwise Gamgee from The Hobbit. That's why I'm probably getting confused. And uh, that was a fun. That was a really. It came on Christmas Eve. That was awesome. I was dressed up as Santa Claus because I was trying to surprise the kids. <laughs> and uh, you know, for me, I was always about like. If I could sign one up, maybe I can relax a couple of hours. You know, not I, I never had that, but it could take off the. So I spoke to him on Christmas Eve, and I got him set up, and uh, I really got was able to enjoy Christmas Day because of that. Mm. So he's a, and, and he's such a great guy. He's one of the greatest. Really cares about his fans and everything like that. So. Awesome. Uh, what are you doing for exercise these days? Because you're looking pretty jacked. Oh, I'm just, come here. Give me a hug. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Um, um, no, I just, I, I think what most people, well, not most people, during COVID. TRT. I, okay, go ahead. I, yeah, <laughs> Carry on. I built, I built a gym in my garage. There you go. And so what I do is. Um, Look at the shoulders. They're popping, right? Yeah. It's not just me. I really yeah, want him are. to take his sweatshirt off. Easy now, easy. <laughs> Don't go to the legs. Uh-oh. I've had my like, displacement on my back. I feel like. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my, um, so I, what I do is, you know, I end up doing like a little circle. I'll do like bench press, deadlift and abs. And I do that. And then I do that 10 times. That's 30 sets. Tends to be 45 minutes to an hour. And that I, is a full body workout. Like that's <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah. So then I'm done. You're making it sound like it's nothing. <laughs> no. But, and then if I'm tired, I've got a treadmill. I jog, I jog five miles, which is kind of a little bad. <laughs> if I'm tired. No, but, <laughs> that's a fucking runner right there. No, 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 I, well, I'm not a long distance. I'm not a long distance. But what I mean by what, what I find about cardio, long distance, five, five miles, miles. That's a long, long distance, distance. That's long distance. <laughs> I, was, I was a sprinter. I was a sprinter. So that's long. But um, my five miles. How many times a week? I don't know. I was probably no. The last week I probably did it five days, five times. But well, like twenty five miles a week. <laughs> but cardio. <well, laughs> Dude's no, a fucking savage, and he's just talking hell <laughs> finally about it. Well, car- the thing about cardio is you can like with weightlifting, it's 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 you've really right. got to think. You've got to like the stress and like pick yourself up. We've we've only put a speed. Mm. You go on a bike is actually pretty easy, actually. You don't need any hype for that. You no, just like okay. go. But yeah. like when you're lifting, it's like you kind of need to be inspired. It's like a little bit more of a thing. Especially where you guys live. Fuck. I don't move <laughs> close to that, you know. But it's so funny because in my garage, it's so great. I put my music on. I start screaming in the gym. I'm, I'm the strongest man in my gym, by the way. Nice. <laughs> Do your uh, girls come in and try to lift some stuff? Yes, they do. It's so cute. They it, mess around uh, a little uh, bit. Yeah, it's, but, it, but it's, it's good for, but I think it's good to see you living a healthy lifestyle. Right. I think it's really important. It's not always, look, for me, what was important for me, which is different to you guys, I just wanted to get to a point where I could take my top off at the pool and not mm-hmm. feel like I'm pulling my shorts up a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. You know, like doing the dad bod thing. And that, that was it. I just wanted to feel, yep. you know, and the other thing that felt really cool, 
I was picking them. I hadn't lift for a few years because of cameo. And then I pick up the kids. I get heavy. And now I pick them up. I'm like, <laughs> oh, they can still my babies for a little longer. You know uh-huh. what I mean? So I, any dad out there, lift so that you can pick up your babies. Yeah. Awesome. Take us on out of here, Andrew. Sure thing. Thank you, everybody, for checking out today's episode. Sincerely appreciate it. Uh, please like and comment down below and subscribe if you guys are not subscribed already. <clears throat> Please follow the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram, at MB Power Project on TikTok and Twitter. My Instagram and Twitter is, <clears throat> wow, at I am Andrew Z. And Seema, where are you at? And Seema Ending on Instagram and YouTube. And Seema Yin Yang on TikTok mm-hmm. and Twitter, Mark. Oh, oh Martin. Mm-hmm. At Martin Blenko on Instagram. M-A-R-T-I-N Blenko, B-L-E-N-C-O-W-E. I'm at Mark Smelly Bell. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you all later.